Welcome to my mom's podcast. You're listening to the Early Childhood Journeys podcast, where we chat with educators, community members, and advocates of early childhood alike through candid and real conversations, focusing on the person behind the practice, along with some tips and strategies as well. I'm your host, Marisa. All right, welcome everybody to another Early Childhood Journeys podcast episode. Um, I am actually coming to you guys from the Mesa Arts Center in downtown Mesa. I made it out. Um, I have been sick this, these past two weeks, so if I sound a little um, nasal, it's because I'm on antibiotics. Man, this this bug has really been a super bug. It's hit all of my family, of course, and then now me. Um, but I was able to come out to an event and I thought, why not come outside, sit down and take advantage of the weather? I also had the uh, privilege of being able to book my next guest um, who comes to us from Southern Arizona. And before she introduces herself, I just wanted to let you guys know. So uh, Denise and I connected back in Tucson for um, the Southern Arizona AEYC's Early Childhood Conference. And she did the Spanish language, a Spanish language track for um, those early childhood providers. And um, I wanted to get some, I wanted to get her here. I thought the topic was wonderful, but I also wanted to honor her background as uh, someone that is a practitioner in the early childhood sector, as well as a parent. So um, she did me the the favor and we finally were able to connect and I thought that since I'm finally able to get some talking out of from this cold I got her on so welcome Denise thank you so much Marisa for having me what an honor so tell everybody um, your current position uh, where you're working at and what that looks like Well, I am a senior program manager at the United Way, and what that looks like is that I get the privilege to work among wonderful um, colleagues. Uh, We uh, coordinate the community of practice here in Southern Arizona's language literacy and growing mind. We actually serve the South Pima region. And we um, deliver content on development appropriate practice for home care providers. How long are Spanish speaking? Yeah, how long have you been doing that position? About a year, a little bit over a year. Did you always start in those type of positions? Do you remember where, where you started first? Oh, yes. How can I forget? And no, I have not done this for a long time. I actually started get a chair back in 2009 when um (laughs) when my child was a preschooler I realized that most of his life at that point he had exclusively interacted with adults so I really wanted him to have rich experiences among other children his age but um we didn't have anybody for him to play with even so when we relocated to the town we now live in, which is a little bit south of Tucson, um, I heard through a, a family member there was, there was a preschool center 
that was hiring and part of the perks were that my child could also attend. So I jumped into the opportunity. I loved it. I found it very fulfilling and I was delighted to learn so so much that I, I was unaware of um, about child development. And the more I knew, the more I wanted to learn. So it was pretty much through the encouragement of my directing director at the time that I decided to pursue an education in early childhood. And ever since, I feel that I've been in school pursuing my career. That's awesome. I mean, so do you think that that was a good foundation for your current position? Well, absolutely, because I feel that I got to understand a lot of what families deal with. So I had um, the opportunity to be there for about seven years. And then I transitioned into a coaching position. And I felt that it was really easy to understand, to find a common ground with the participants I was collaborating with because I understood their struggles that they were experiencing. And also I had a little bit of um, knowledge on how how to really collaborate with parents and, and form a team with them. I think that's a really critical piece that sometimes your own background experience, your own challenges with your own kids um, gives you a lot of credibility is what I've learned. I know for myself, um, that's been a critical component when connecting with providers, teachers, educators out in my profession. What would you say is a misconception about your work? Well, I would say that in a coaching role, you may encounter a few misconceptions, one of them being that you're you're them, you're there to tell them what to do, exactly what to do. Um, And one of the things that I also feel that they might find, um, you might find a little bit of resistance from the people you're collaborating with is that they think that you're there to judge them. So I feel that truthfully coaching is just about partnership as well. You're supporting the individual's growth and you're guiding them through a process. But um, you are not imposing your beliefs, ideas upon them. And I feel that at the beginning, most of the resistance you may encounter is because they feel um, intimidated. I think you touch on a really really good point. Bringing in your... I guess um, kind of shattering these little perceptions that you're here to fix something or to criticize uh, another parenting philosophy when we want to make sure that we're seen as a partner and ally, right? For that, for that child. What would you say? Absolutely. What would you say for first with the provide like with the early childhood specialist that's maybe going into the same field in a similar position. And then I want to go into the parent part. What would you give that, that specialist advice? They're in this kind of a similar situation as yours. They're just starting out and perhaps they're meeting, they're butting heads perhaps in their practice with, with some of the parents. Mm-hmm. 
what's, what's a good advice for them to get through that? So I would say for my peers in a similar role, it is really all about relationships. We know this with children, but the same applies for adults. If you don't have a trusting foundation, then you're not moving forward because then they might feel under attack. And one of the things that we know is that the brain does not learn when the brain feels that it's under attack. So really get to know your participant, find the common ground. I feel that we all have a background that we can, at, at the minimum, relate to to what they're struggling with. And, and then again, remember that we're not in a position of, of all knowledge. These participants know their practice best. They know their children best. And I would say for my fellow educators, if they're struggling with parents, remember that it's not a competition. It is a partnership. Unless you establish those relationships again, you're not going to get anywhere. And to really honor and respect that despite the children spending most of their waking hours under their care, they are the primary teacher of their child. They know them best. So to respect that and to really um, use that to their benefit and to their children's benefit. At the end of the day, it's not about you, your pride, or or what you think is best. It's how you can accommodate your practice best to serve this family and their, their child. Yeah, I always think about, like, what it, why is this triggering me, perhaps? Why am I personalizing it? Like, am I personalizing it? If I'm, I'm noticing some, some conflict there, just to take a step back, kind of reevaluate. Um, yes, we got to check our biases for sure. Yes. And can I just add one more thing? I, I think that um, there's a lot of value in educating our parents. I think that as a preschool teacher, they might encounter a lot of uh, misconceptions themselves about their work. I think that it is important for them to keep those lines of communication open so that they are able to articulate what they do in a classroom. So that parents, they, they get to know that they're not sitting down, plucking their legs up while watching Netflix. They're not babysitting. Um, for sure, a responsive teacher is engaging with the children and they're looking for opportunities to expand on the child's experience and, and that learning process. So I, I think that's really important for them to articulate uh, what they do and why it is important. You know, you mentioned a good point with the parents. That brings me to my next question. What advice would you give parents? Like I always say in my in my podcast, you know, how can parents support your work as a practitioner? What would you say to those parents? Um, how can they support your work? How can they help you? I feel that mainly stay curious. I. I think that as parents, we all have this pure love and great intentions for our children. And I think that that's foundational when you want to set up your child for success. But I think that also, if we are curious enough to keep learning about how a child develops, I think that we will be more successful as parents in providing our children consistency. Because if at 
the um, early child um, center, early childhood center that they that they assist. They're getting different guidance than than the type of strategies that we have under our tool tool belt. The more we learn, I think that our strategies will align more to the developmentally appropriate guidance strategies that we are to use with our children. So if you know of any um, opportunities in your community, whether it is um, programs such as parents as teachers or um, other parenting classes, I, I would highly recommend them. I think that it brings much more perspective to what you are already doing. And, and I, I feel that the more you know, the better. So it's the only thing, but, but, um, also relax. You're, you're doing right by your child and, and just be present and, and love on them like you do. Yeah. Celebrate the little, the, the little small successes. I always say, don't focus, don't, don't sweat the, the small stuff either. Um, For you know, sure. I'm, I'm, here at a small business conference and it's always my intention to talk about uh, practice practitioners such as yourself and many of the podcast guests and talking about early childhood and the importance and why our community outside of education should care about it should care about this work what would you how can the community outside of early childhood support your work because i know united way of tucson southern arizona you guys have a, an array of many services. What's something that the community outside of the education sector can do to support your work and your initiatives? So I would just say that um, we are very appreciative of the gener generosity of our community. We very recently held a huge event um, supporting early childhood, and they were many members of our uh, business community that supported us. I think that just staying active and involved and investing in early childhood um, education programs, I, I think that's the, and, and also tell your friend, your neighbor, your your spouse, and have them spread the, wor the word on, on why it is important and why it is an important investment. I think that um, Doing that, bringing that awareness to our field and the importance on the work we do is um, foundational for us to continue to be able to provide these services. Absolutely. Okay, so before I let you go, um, so you can plug in more stuff here, what is something that you do to decompress? Because I can only imagine that you have, your work is heavy, you know, the the families, the your peers, all of those interactions, it can get, it can get pressing. What's something that you're doing to decompress? So just to remind folks for some self-care. Oh, well, that's a great <laughs> point. Um, among my colleagues, we always say, what is that self-care you talk about? <laughs> um, it's kind of like an inside joke, but no, I feel that okay. first and foremost, my family, they are, my safe heaven and I find whatever it is that I do with them enjoyable but I do force them to go hiking with me I really enjoy being in contact with nature and 
Um, I say forced because they're kind of over hiking by now. But also um, finding those mentors, I am extremely uh, blessed that I count with um, many great leaders. Um, and I rely on their expertise. I find that extremely valuable. And if something um, is concerning me and I approach them, I know that they're always um, ready to help. So reflective practice has been um, something that's very helpful for me as mm. well. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, Denise Hernandez de Ortiz. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. I appreciate it. I know it's been a long time coming and rescheduling. Um, Senior Program Manager over at United Way of Tucson and Southern Arizona. How do people get in contact with you and learn about you guys' services? Well, primarily, um, the role that I have is uh, through the Great Expectations um, Grants. Uh, where there are 17 other communities of practice here in, in Pima County, north and south. And um, we have a big um, education celebration every summer. If anybody would like to attend or look into it, we have a website. It's um, www.getcf. G-E-T-C-S dot org. And that stands for Great Expectations for Teachers, Children, and Families. Awesome. And then I will have that contact information in the show notes on iTunes as well. So you can connect with Denise um, if you're in the area, if you want to learn about that Arizona program, that grant initiative. Again, Denise, is there anything else you'd like to add before I let you go? Um, I just wanted to say really quick, if you're in the field of early childhood education and you haven't yet pursued higher education and you're perhaps entertaining the idea, thinking about it, and then you get discouraged and then think about it some more, I would I would just highly recommend to just go for it. Do it. You will do right by you because education really is a gift. And also you'll do so much bigger things for your children and your families. So just think about it. Don't get discouraged and just close your eyes and, and, and do it. Go pursue your education if you're able to. And and we're really blessed here in Arizona that we're that we count with the Arizona Workforce Registry. Yeah. Um and, and those scholarships. So I would just encourage them, don't think much about it. Just just do put it. your heart and your effort to it and just do it. I know. I need to go finish some classes myself this fall. Thank you so much for that. That's such a huge sign. Thank you so much, Denise. Uh, <laughs> You're very welcome. It was my pleasure. I want to also, um, as I let you go, just stay tuned for our Spanish language listeners, uh, bilingual folks. I'm going to be getting Denise back on to for my Cronicas Chilindrinas podcast. That'll have some parenting topics that we've been talking about so stay tuned for that but um again thank you guys so much thank you thank you